Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls Podcast. I am Alan and of course joined by Ski. Hello, hello. And Brent. Test. <laughs> and today we are going to be discussing Season 2, Episode 14, The Actor. I heard that. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Someone spilled the beans, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> we got a leak. Well, hey, listen, just because, well, I guess either way, it wouldn't be season two. Well, yeah, this would be season two, episode 14 of, of our podcast as well. So um, we could Fortnite theoretically. Season two, episode four. Oh, okay, because the previous bonus is part of season one. Right. Exa- gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, exactly. Mm-hmm. So this would be what would, episodes. So we had 26. This would actually be our 40th episode that we're recording right now overall. Nice. One episode um, for each listener. Yep. <laughs> so. Each one a winner, as far exactly. as I'm concerned. Uh, this one's for you, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that, um, of course, we'll do our recap, uh, go over our MVPs and our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake at the end. So with that, I will go ahead and turn it over to Ski to go out with the recap. All righty. Uh, episode 14, The Actor. Original air date was January 17th, 1987. Written by Barry Finero and Mort Nathan and uh, directed by Terry Hughes. Uh, we open in the living room. We see Dorothy uh, entering, and she uh, grabs a magazine and sits down. Uh, just then, Sophia comes into the house wearing a, a large like trench coat. Right. She calls it a raincoat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy asks why she's wearing such a heavy coat, because it's 80 degrees out. Meanwhile, Dorothy has on the thickest wool sweater yes. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> with a, she's with like a, forever like four layers. With like. an Oxford button up beneath it. Yeah. <laughs> now, I did note that... Um, when Blanche and Rose come in a little later, they have very mm-hmm. Miami appropriate attire on, which yeah. was a nice change from yeah. the typical, <laughs> yeah. um, the typical Minnesota appropriate gotcha. attire that they're usually wearing. Well, don't worry, Rose. Rose. Oh yeah, corrects that for later on. Yeah, it definitely yeah. turns, but yeah. at least to start the episode off, you know. Yeah, I'm just worried about Dorothy's iron intake. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's anemic. Could be, um, but you know, when people get older, they do tend to get a little chillier. So, um, and that is true. I know a lot of old people they get cold easily. That's why a lot of them, I think, like Florida. Even though, like, I don't feel like I'd ever want to live in Florida. Ski has talked about going there and ending our friendship. Um, <laughs> you know, but that's that's his call. But I don't think I'd ever want to live in Florida just because the last the, part is his add on, by the way. It's my <laughs> add on. It's the truth. <laughs> but, um, but the uh, the year round heat, I feel like would mm-hmm. be too much for me to want to deal with. Yeah. Stifling. Yeah. Maybe when I get old, though, my circulation's worse and that year round heat will be a welcome, uh, yeah. welcome option. Yeah, I think it's just too far from Canada, my eventual home. <laughs> Do you really want to move to Canada? I have no choice. You know, <laughs> January's going to roll around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, sorry. <laughs> Heading north. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, um, well, it'll be an interesting couple months and then mm-hmm. an interesting couple months after that. <laughs> so. Exactly. Regardless of the outcome. All right, exactly. So, mm-hmm. But, uh I'll have to brush up on my French, depending mm-hmm. on which. Wee wee. You're Quebecois. Yeah. <laughs> so. <A> baguette. <laughs> yeah. As long as you know that. And then, ah, ha, ha, I think you're fine. <laughs> also important is A and uh, a boot. Uh, hockey. Hockey. Mm-hmm. You like hockey, eh? Yeah, there you go. Uh, not surprisingly, Canada is our. Uh, Second uh, biggest listener internationally. Really? Yeah, Sweden number one. Yeah. Uh, powered by Numi, of yeah. course. Thank um, you, Numi. 
Canada number two, UK number three, Australia mm. number four. So oh, wow. thank you, Justin Trudeau, Queen Elizabeth, and Yahoo Serious. <laughs> <laughs> I was so hoping that you would actually have Aust- no Australia's prime minister's name. <laughs> I'm actually happier so with impressed. Yahoo Serious. <laughs> well, yeah, certainly. Or, or you know, I would have gone with Paul Hogan. But, yeah. um, <laughs> maybe not as well. I was going to say not as timely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Yahoo Serious is popular all his movie. best work is ahead of him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still cranking him out, I'm sure. Um, the only thing I ever heard him on was like, was it Young Einstein? Yeah. Was yeah. he a movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it makes sense. They're all, you know, English-speaking countries except mm-hmm. for uh, Sweden, of course. Yeah. So, and they're far more multilingual than we are. Nice. So... As is most of the world. Well, yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely tr- lagging in Dragon, that department. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, though. Well, you know, aside from uh, criticizing her choice of coat in right. uh, the hot weather, she is also flexing her uh, powers of observation, as she says. You know, is that a saber under your coat? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, or are you just happy to see me? That's uh, <laughs> would have been the proper. Sophia does admit that. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks like it is, and then she tries to head off, but. Uh, Dorothy then, you know, asks her to take off the coat. Uh, she does, and then, you know, reveals that she is wearing a pirate outfit. Um, she tells Dorothy that uh, she's gotten a job at Captain Jack's Seafood Shanty, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of awesome that, you know, Captain Jack later became <laughs> a huge property for Disney. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think the Captain Jack, though, it's a, a generic enough of the name that I could probably yeah. still name something Captain Jack today. I don't think that Disney could claim the copyright on right, this right. I just Jack. thought it was a good uh, yeah it's probably yeah. a coincidental more than anything else but yeah I'd like to think that it was Pirates of the Caribbean themed restaurant um, <laughs> I mean obviously her outfit certainly would would fall in line with that yeah so yes I was gonna mention Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters but I won't I, okay I don't know I don't, what that is yeah I don't either um that the movie that thing you do uh-huh um have you guys seen that one I've not it's Tom Hanks right yeah yeah I've not seen it yeah written and directed and starring um, it's real amazingly good. Um, but it's about this one hit wonder band in the sixties mm. and they do a beach movie, but in the beach movie, they don't get credited as themselves. They get credited as uh captain Geach and the shrimp shack shooters. Oh, wow. That <laughs> is a deep cut of a reference right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, later, um, they're, um, being interviewed by some radio DJ and, you know, he asks them who their influences are. And Steve Zahn mentions that Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a funny little callback. Um, but then, like, ten years or so later, um, uh, at a place Alan and I worked, uh, we are having, like, an employee appreciation week. And then as part of that, they were supposed to bring in um, a local singer-songwriter named Jenny DeVoe. And then Jenny DeVoe canceled <laughs> And so me and a coworker who was not Alan um, called the local radio station who was sponsoring it, and we asked if they could book Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters instead. <laughs> <laughs> and they said they would try, <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, they were we'll mainly just that. confused. <laughs> so, so uh, there was a, a function there where they had booked like through like they had a local radio station sponsoring a company picnic. Yeah, um, so it was supposed to be a local singer-songwriter named Jenny DeVoe. I've and heard then, of her. Yeah, and then like she bailed for some reason. And so um, Ann Williams, 
who is another local singer-songwriter who shared the same management as Jenny DeVoe. Um, she was to take the place. And then she ended up bailing. And so the only local media personality that we had was Chris Wright. Oh, okay. D- do you not remember this at all? I don't think. I don't know if I Because you were there several years before I was. Yeah. So must have been. I don't even remember us even having a company picnic while I was there, much less oh. something as fancy as what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. No, um... Maybe it was before you started. So, so do you know who Chris Wright is, the local yeah. meteorologist? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he was there, and he was giving away and signing copies of um, his book, um, Rockabye Murder. Um, <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's about a crime-fighting sol- crime meteorologist oh, who, like, that's... solves mysteries when he's not on the air, you know, talking about his dual Dopplers. I want to um, <laughs> find that book now. I, I, guess I don't have a copy anymore. Um but yeah, it was just the most bizarre afternoon. <laughs> like it was one of those things that, um, like it was a sort of a call center environment. Um, but I wasn't like a, a call center person, which means that you know I could open that picnic up and then close that picnic down <laughs> while everybody else had like come in and try to eat fried chicken and a fried biscuit in twenty minutes. <laughs> but I'm just enjoying the afternoon, talking to Chris Wright, <laughs> just <laughs> living my best life. I like to imagine because you're a pretty well-read guy. Uh-huh. I'd like to think of you just sitting there reading the book and then asking him a question about chapter one. Uh-huh. And then... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, he was super friendly, you know. I don't know if he's still the meteorologist or. He was Fox 59, right? Uh, yeah, at the time he was uh, 13. Okay. Yeah, uh, NBC affiliate. Much like the Golden Girls. Right. Very nice. Well. I don't even remember where we're at in the recap other than Sophia coming in in her pirate attire. Yeah, she was uh, explaining. Captain Jack. Oh, Captain Jack. That's right. Yeah, the shrimp shrimp shanty. Or seafood seafood shanty. Seafood shanty. I'm sure they have shrimp there probably. but uh, We talked about uh, sea shanties, though, in another episode. Yeah, I know. I I gave you my all-time favorite Wikipedia line. Yeah, I can't remember what the line is now offhand. Do you remember it off the top of your head? It was it was basically about how um, once uh, you know boats became steam powered, uh, there was no real purpose for the sea shanty anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so leave it to big steam to kill the arts. Yeah, <laughs> none. They're still still killing the environment. <laughs> right, big, yeah. steam. Mm-hmm. big steam. What was it? Um, well, I guess it was probably coal driven though, wasn't it? Yeah, steamships. Steam um, so kind of yeah. What is the phrase? I just learned this today, but obviously it's already escaped me because it's way past my bedtime. <laughs> Some ships are made of wood, but those ships tend to sink. The best ship is friendship, and to that ship, I'll drink. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that earlier today, and I was like, all right, that'll come in handy someday. I didn't realize it'd be that soon. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Well, you know, that was, uh, you know, probably still applicable, what, like around 9.30, but by 10 o'clock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're already, uh, you know. He'd already done shoot. his drinking. Well, I, I assume that he was already shooting his arrow of fire out into your corpse of your friendship floating out. <laughs> exactly. Viking funeral style. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Our friendship's gone to Valhalla. <laughs> the life spark is gone. <laughs> The all so, spark. Yeah, all spark. So now we're combining Norse mythology and the Transformers. <laughs> As it was always intended, Alan. Yeah. Exactly. You just aren't reading deeply enough into the 
Well, I can tell you one thing about Brent. He's more than meets the eye. That's for <laughs> that's sure. That's true. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I don't think we've made it past the first <laughs> minute of the actual Yeah, show I'm on so line far. three of what I've written. All right. So. <laughs> that's like three of War and Peace. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, she takes off her uh, heavy jacket, shows her pirate outfit. Uh, she explains that she needs money. And then, uh, you know, more than the allowance that Dorothy had been giving her. So Dorothy points out, you know, that was at her advanced age. I think she's, she's 81 now. She, quote, unquote, absolutely forbids uh, Ma from uh, going back and uh, doing such a strenuous job at a fast food place. Right. Um, so then they have a little back and forth as far as, you know, you know how she's going to try to stop her from doing what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately... Uh, Shady Pines gets brought up again, <laughs> and uh, Sophia exits. Just as she exits, Blanche and Rose get home, and they are very excited to tell Dorothy who they were able to sign for their annual community theater production. Dorothy, of course, uh, knowing the previous uh, years, because, you know, we cover this every year. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's to- technically only two years for us, but still. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been in stuff. They mm-hmm. have been in some kind of productions, but I don't remember anything to this end. Uh, Dorothy is less enthusiastic as they always seem excited but always seem to pick uh, the same lady for their lead uh, named Phyllis Hammerow, which uh, Dorothy says is Miami's answer to Meryl Streep. Yeah. <laughs> which, like, go ahead. Like the, and they followed up with like, she's a horrible actress. Yeah. Know? So do they not like Meryl Streep? <laughs> or was yeah. she being facetious when she... Well, my assumption, I, yeah, I think she was being facetious about like, oh, they seem to think she's this, but she's terrible. Gotcha. N- not necessarily like, oh, she's terrible, just like Meryl Streep. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, if that was the case, I definitely couldn't be on board because you know she's a national treasure. Yeah, I, I can't be on board with a sixty-year-old Gentile playing Anne Frank. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't necessarily. She might have married into Gentileism. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I'm just saying that she, you you can't know for sure that she is gentility. A she, she could be. She could have been born Jewish and just not married Jewish, and so then, mm-hmm. and then you're just making a judgment based on her last name. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I did think though that was one of my favorite lines of it when she was talking about her playing the di- in the Diary of Anne Frank, and that the <laughs> audience was like, "She's in the attic." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just killed my next line. Uh, well, I'm sorry, but. Uh, well, Rose disagrees, though, and says that, you know, she thinks she's a fine actress. And then, you know, Dorothy points out, as you just said, that uh, the uh, audience was against her in the diary of Anne Frank telling her, you know, upstairs in the attic, go get her. I can't imagine. That, that would be pretty rough. I can't imagine I mean, hecklers going to community theater. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I think that if you see an Anne Frank, there's a somberness in the air. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that you're. You're not there to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, if uh, if people are yelling it out, then you know you must have been advertising to the neo-Nazi community to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> you know, like I'd have to think that it's not that they're cheering against against the <laughs> actors; they're just killing or cheering for the killing of a Jew. <laughs> so they're rooting on the Gestapo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, she's in the attic. Get exactly. her. That kind of a thing. Not, they got her. <laughs> they're like, man, that's that's the play sucks, but I love the ending. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I'd like to think served. those people are like, oh, it's the pick me up of the season. You know, yeah. we could see a young Jew, you know, have their life stomped out, but. 
Um, Our last win of the war. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, gosh. Last win of that war, yeah. not the war to yeah. come. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, it is just such an odd play to put on. But I guess maybe because of the feedback, that's why they decided to do this poor man's version of Our Town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a British-sounding actor yeah. playing this southern-sounding exactly. uh, well, Blast, have, have you guys seen Jojo Rabbit yet? Yeah, yes. yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, it's amazingly it very good. good. Okay, go on. Go on. <laughs> Blanche continues and tells her uh, that they were able to actually snag a gentleman by the name of Patrick Vaughn, who <laughs> happens to be Dorothy's all-time favorite TV actor, apparently. I like that she qualified it with TV. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, well, in Burt the Reynolds 80s. is still in the running. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think also you know, in the 80s, there was, def- I mean, in the 80s and before, probably all the way up until relatively recently, I mean, the last 15 to 20 years, mm-hmm. there really was a distinction between, like, mm-hmm. TV actors and the, mm-hmm. you know, the people who were, I don't know, good-looking and talented enough to be movie actors yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's maybe the way she's also qualifying it is, like, yeah, he's great and handsome. Now, he's not, mm-hmm. like you said, Burt Reynolds handsome yeah, yeah. or, you know, other TV star or movie stars, I should say. But, uh, but yeah, I thought that was funny that she definitely made sure to, you know, <laughs> put in there. Little asterisk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all the girls are clearly smitten with the man. Mm-hmm. Um, Sophia enters the room at this point, headed for the door, and tells the girls that she's heading to work. Uh, Dorothy again absolutely forbids it and uh, says that she'll be going over my dead body. Sophia promptly responds by pulling out her saber and saying, fine, have it your way. (laughs) Dorothy kind of gives up, you know, saying she's not going to argue with her. Uh, Then finally Rose asks her if that outfit that she's wearing is from Captain Jack's because, you know, her and Blanche were not there for that conversation. Right. Sophia sarcastically tells her that, you know, know that she's off. To discover the Strait of Magellan, mm-hmm. yo ho! <laughs> I am. Um, so, like, was she just like driving around in a cab earlier, running her errands uh, well, in that outfit? And yeah, I would assume. So. Well, I mean, my cab to the fast food place that you know she has to work because she's poor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that my my guess is that she went, she rode there, maybe snuck out early to where Dorothy didn't see her in her uniform to begin with, mm-hmm. took a cab there, and then took a cab back home. Which, again, I know we've discussed this before. Um, probably uh, ad nauseum but the taxi uh, fees in miami must have been really reasonable because mm-hmm. if you're working at a fast food restaurant yeah. part-time and you can afford to mm-hmm. take a cab back and forth and still be coming out ahead uh, yeah. <laughs> then you know Either that or maybe car prices were really prohibitive oh well, yeah well i mean you know it, I, I would have to guess that these gas prices well if you're going to buy a uh, or if you're trying to get a job at the fast food restaurant because you need some money Right, you yeah. probably don't have enough for even a cheap used car um, sitting around, mm-hmm. and you know we know that their drive drive driveway space is mm-hmm. limited. Yeah. So especially with those minks tanking up the garage, <laughs> exactly. But, those minks are dead now. Well, <laughs> haven't, we haven't seen anything about them for weeks. Yeah, we just need to wait until one of them Months. show up with a nice stole. Uh, right, right, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, we change scene and we see the girls at uh, the community theater now. Uh, arranging uh, the dressing room in anticipation for Mr. Vaughn's uh, imminent arrival. I like that the building in tiny letters said community theater. Yeah. Like right <laughs> <laughs> That'll draw in the crowds. Right. <laughs> uh, the door open or knocks, and Sophia enters in her pirate uniform. Another uh, cab. Yeah. She, right. She explains that uh, she had a little bit of time before work, and she was there to meet the star. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way it made it seem is that this place is in walking distance to Captain Jack's. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I don't know, maybe the uh, maybe they get a big rush after one of these big community theater production <laughs> ends. <laughs> exactly. But, if you're ready, yeah. folks, you know, crew. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It would be called a crew, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo-ho. But. <laughs> Nothing like legitimate theater and a hush puppy chaser. <laughs> <laughs> well, the nice thing is apparently it's a very interactive theater, yeah. so you work up a powerful appetite yeah. when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> so. I did have Long John Silver's about three weeks back. Oh, really? I, I'd not had it. Have you it in, recovered yet? I, I hadn't had it in like 20-some years probably. <laughs> oh, wow. And That's a long time. Yeah, like um, my wife and I were driving by, you know, like a week or so before then. And I was like, oh, we should try that sometime. That oh, sounds good. Yellow food. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go to Long John Silver's. <laughs> that reminds me of a follow-up. Um, so anyways, like, so then, yeah, I had to. You know, I asked what she wanted for dinner, and she was non-committal. And I was like, "Well, this is my chance." <laughs> so we got it. And obviously, you know, I'm a bigger guy, and I don't like to waste food or whatever. But a big hunk of that dinner ended up in the trash. <laughs> like, like sometimes, like if there's excessive amount of food, I'm like, "Okay, well, that'll be lunch tomorrow, and then it'll go into the trash." Yeah. But I'll at least put yeah, forth I can't an imagine effort. reheating. Yeah, but that I was like, "No, I'm done. I don't want to touch this <laughs> or even pretend to. I'll eat it tomorrow." <laughs> So do you so. think it's going to be another 20 years before you darken their doorway again, or did you enjoy it at all? No, no, it wasn't. Like, yeah, I wouldn't get it again, never. Mm. Like, if I was someplace and that's what they served me, mm. I would be like, all right, you know. But, yeah, it wasn't good enough to spend money on. Yeah. <laughs> so um, but so have you ever seen, like, the Long John Silvers and the A&W hooked on together? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I had a boss one time who was late for a meeting, and she said that she was stuck in the drive-thru of the A&W Long John Silvers. And I was like, could the car in front of you not decide if they wanted brown or yellow food? <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. But she took it like I was, you know, sliding her lunch. Uh, <laughs> Which I guess I kind of was. Oh, right. But that wasn't the, the point It was of an the appropriate joke. slight. Yeah. I, I think it was valid. It's like, listen, the point is the humor of the joke, not, exactly. <laughs> not exactly. your perceived slight. I'm not making you the butt of the joke. It's the exactly. restaurant. See? Exactly. <laughs> Now, my view on Long John's is not quite so bleak. I do like it occasionally, but mm-hmm. occasionally. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I mean, it certainly hasn't been the, the length of time it was between your visits. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we lived in our current house for three years, and I don't feel like I've had Long John's over since we lived here. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's probably been within the last five years that we've yeah. eaten there, but it's... Uh, if we've eaten there at all since we lived here, it's not more than probably once in the past. I think a years. lot of them are closing too. Like there was one in mm. Franklin that's been closed for years now. Yeah, yeah. it's like you know they're closing arteries. Might as well close some locations. So. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, like the ahead. one by us is all you can eat on Sunday. Oh really? <laughs> what? <laughs> it, just, it just boggles the mind. Yeah, is it called Bloody Sunday or? Like... <laughs> like, so what? Normal portions? <laughs> I don't know, and I don't know if it's like. Like, because some of the KFCs are all you can eat or have, like, a little buffet inside right. or whatever. But, yeah, this is just not the current environment where I want community hush puppies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Well, I mean, but I don't know. It, even under the best of circumstances, I don't know that I want uh, <laughs> yeah. all I can eat. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the, the cost is, but yeah. I'd have to assume it's a bit more than a normal meal would be. Mm-hmm. And a meal is a bit more than any human should eat. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it was the thing like that was my problem with the KFC buffet is they just give you like two styrofoam plates. And if you want more then you have to go ask for another plate. 
And I've just never been that desperate for another plate of food that I could be like, y'all owe me another styrofoam plate. <laughs> I'm still hungry. Well, you know that you are in the minority when it comes to the KFC uh, <laughs> you know, clientele. So. Yes. Yes. But anyways. One last KFC thing, or not KFC, but Long John's thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably been three, four years back when we went one time. Uh, we were eating, and literally on the, uh, you know how the uh, tables sometimes will have like little advertisements? Sure. Little mm-hmm. like kiosk type things? Yeah. Well, this one had one, and, and I just couldn't stop laughing because it was about eating healthy <laughs> <laughs> and getting exercise. And um, my wife took this picture of me just like probably cackling. Yeah. Uh, Holding up or looking at the sign and talking about healthy eating mm-hmm. and holding up this little tray that used to have food in it, mm-hmm. like basically see through from the <laughs> grease they had eaten away at the yeah. bottom. Yeah, definitely. There's a joke on The Simpsons where I think Homer rubs the cheeseburger on a wall and you can uh, see outside that, with it. And now where he was trying to become 300 pounds or something. Yeah, to yeah and they were home. trying to determine what the food yeah. he could eat that would get him there the quickest. Um, Dr. Nick. It's was a like, great episode in, if in general. If it's clear or if you can see. <laughs> That's your window to weight gain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's KFC def- or not KFC. Well, both actually, but yeah. Long John Silver's for sure yeah. fits that c- category. But I'm a big fan of Popeyes. Are you? <laughs> I think we may have Popeyes for dinner tomorrow because nice. they've been showing commercials on a lot, and we've never had their uh, you know famous chicken sandwich that you know oh, yeah. made such a stir. Uh, yeah, um, about about a year ago now, I think. Yeah. Um, so Sherry was like, you know what? I really want to try that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm going to go for dinner tomorrow. I had it once. It's good. I still like Chick-fil-A better. Mm. See, I hate Chick-fil-A. Do you? So, now, do you hate passion. Chick-fil-A because of uh, philosophical or, or because of the actual food? And partially the politics, also partially just the portion sizes and the cost. Yeah, that for me, it's like I, I guess I would fall the same way. Um, I, I guess I... In all honesty, I do not avoid Chick Fil A because of their politics. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I probably should be more civic minded mm-hmm. with that and Hobby Lobby and places. But mm-hmm. I, you know, when it comes to big businesses, I guess I have a blind eye that mm-hmm. I, I turn. Yeah. But yeah, it's the portion sizes versus cost that really yeah. get to me. Like, I've taken the family there, and we've spent like for a family of five over fifty dollars mm-hmm. to get our meals yeah. and. And I didn't like walk out feeling like, oh man, I'm <laughs> stuffed. I walked out, you know, satisfied, I guess. Yeah. But for fifty dollars at a fast food restaurant, I feel like I should be rolling out of that place. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that you should feel like, okay, well now I don't have to eat the other meal today. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, but yeah, I know that you and your wife are big fans of Chick Fil A. We so. are indeed. Yes. But I am. Politics be darned. <laughs> now you got my quit my. You know, interest of the what did Hobby Lobby do? I didn't hear anything like that. Oh, they're against uh, women's reproductive um, rights, and I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't know it specifically, but I believe that they don't want their insurance to have to cover birth control. Correct. Mm. Um, it so. all, yeah, I guess insurance that makes some kind of understandable like connection, but it always strikes me as odd when companies, especially large companies, that have so much to lose you know publicly state like a controversial stance one way or another even right yeah i mean i would think the most companies would just be better off to keep just their shut up and yeah collect the money yeah but you know it depends on the leadership of the company they may feel strongly enough mm-hmm. about their uh you know policies stance, that, that yeah. they want to put it out there 
and there will be a certain segment of the population that will rally behind them become a, because of it and a certain segment that will go against them, them and yeah. then a certain segment like myself mm-hmm. who should be more civic minded but isn't and will <laughs> you know shop or eat there regardless so but when i did the uh whole 30 um have you guys heard about that or mm-hmm. so i did that and i was like 27 days into it um you know i you know straight arrow you know i not had any you know anything that was on the band list or whatever and then i was at chick-fil-a and yeah just like a plain little you know side salad type thing um with no dressing and a fruit cup and i was like all right well this is my dinner and then when i was you know looking at it logging my calories the next day um I was like, what the? And apparently the uh, fruit cup was not Whole30 compliant ah. um, because the mandarin oranges within there are canned and they're canned with uh, sugar in there. Oh. So mm. I still. Like, Too many I still, carbs in or? Oh, you just can't have any added sugars at all. Okay. So <clears throat> they had, you know, there were sugars in their canned. And it makes sense. I guess they're not back there peeling cuties to make their fruit <laughs> So I, I should have put two and two together. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I still finished up the 30 days, and I consider that I completed it. And I just I think so. Yeah, that's asterisk a, next to it that yeah. I, I did have a pretty have minor infraction. Portion. Yeah. There's a, it caused you to have that little part where if it ever comes up for whatever reason, you feel almost compelled to be like, yeah, I did this. Well, there was exactly. one little yeah. thing, but I still, you yeah. know, completed it. <laughs> exactly. Um, like yeah. right exactly. now, just the like, <laughs> well, yeah. I got roofied with mandarin oranges. <laughs> yeah. It was snuck up on you, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Not by my own accord, but right. uh-huh. I was subversively <laughs> given extra sugar. Mm-hmm. So... Well, at least you only paid thirteen dollars for that meal. So. <laughs> oh God, it was probably closer to twenty because I was there with um oh, my then nine year old. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, she yeah, hers was, her kids meal was probably like nine bucks or something <laughs> right. like that. So I will say this about our Chick Fil A spending though: Nikki's got like their little app, mm-hmm. and she's forever getting like free stuff. Yeah. So we we save probably a lot more than the average person going there. Yeah, save I think is the fraught word to use when it comes to Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. You probably overspend less than others. That's a good way of saying. <laughs> yeah. it. That's true for a lot of our spending, though. Well, I, I mean, that's true for almost everybody's uh, spending. But yeah. you know, I I feel like that there's almost always a way that you can save more money. You and I have discussed this many times about <laughs> our wives. Both are big fans of uh, buying things on Getting sale. A deal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, when it's like, well, it's a lot cheaper if you just don't buy it at all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that hundred dollars could have been spent nowhere right. at all. Now, in fairness. To Sherry, I I spend money on, you know, non necessities on a regular basis. You, you know, <laughs> you definitely have a, a more high ground that you can go to because you rarely spend money on anything that, you know. I think Ski has a pair of shoes that his mom gave him to Christmas for Christmas before he moved out of the house <laughs> when he was eighteen years old, and he, they're still in the box waiting for when his current ones wear out. When they wear out, they'll be ready. <laughs> And in 20 years, they'll be back in style, too. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm just holding out. You're like, man, these kids, people are going to love these. <laughs> is K-Swiss still a thing? I, I might be. I don't know. British Knights? Yeah, British Knights. That's what I was thinking. That was the next one that was in my mind. <laughs> I just hope diabetes doesn't take that foot before right? you get to wear those shoes. <laughs> well, it just depends on how many of those... Uh, Chick-fil-A coupons that he uses between now and then. <laughs> so we were watching um, the um, 
uh, my wife likes the uh, British baking show or okay. whatever. And so, like, the new season started, and, like, two of the hosts or, you know, co-hosts or whatever, the ones that do, like, the color commentary um, are people I enjoy. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. And so we're watching it, and then, like, she looks away, and I see one of the bakers um, is missing a leg, and he has, like, a, you know, a prosthetic robot leg there. And I was like, look at that guy. He's missing a leg. And then she looks back and, like, he cut away. And that's all I could stare at um, was his missing leg. So I didn't know what his face looked like. And I was like, well, hopefully they show him again. And so then every time they're showing one, it's always the face. And she's like, is that the one? And I'm like, I'm not sure. Sure. <laughs> you know? And then, like later, they show up. Like, well, which the, one had the, the eye patch? Nobody <laughs> has an eye patch. <laughs> um, Hair on the shoulder? No. Um, so it's um, they're fucking playing badminton in the backyard, ah. um, and they're both like these two dudes playing badminton in their backyard, both of whom are wearing like long jeans down to their ankle <laughs> as one tends to do on a hot day when you're playing badminton in your backyard. Right. <laughs> and she's like, is it one of them? <laughs> and I was like, I, I hope so. And I hope this is how they lost the leg. <laughs> in a freak badminton accident. Exactly. Exactly. The shuttlecock. Ah! Exactly. Yeah, the most dangerous of all sporting equipment. Uh, I don't know. I think I can definitely speak for everybody here that I don't want to be hit by a cock shuttle or otherwise. (laughs) At least my preference is not to be. Fair enough. But go ahead. Sorry. I think think at this point we are at least at the community theater, right? We are. We are. Uh, You know, Sophia showed up. She was wanting to see uh, the uh, star. And uh, while the door is still open, Mr. Patrick uh, walks in, introduces himself. <laughs> I know I had Mr. in front of stuff. <laughs> Mr. Patrick. Yeah, I mean, it could have been Mr. Vaughn. <laughs> yes, Chuck, I'll give him the respect of Mr., but not by his last name. Exactly. <laughs> Obi Award winning actor. Mr. Patrick yeah. Vaughn. All right. He uh, walks in, introduces himself, uh, leaving Dorothy tripping over her own words. Uh, Sophia then uh, explains that her. Marble Mouth daughter there is an English teacher, and that she is Linda Ronstadt and is playing the Pirates of, or in the Pirates of Panzance across town, <laughs> which Linda Ronstadt actually was in Pirates of Panzance. Oh, was she really? A uh, movie yeah. uh, with Kevin Klein apparently. Hmm. Do you think she up. did any live performances of the uh, play leading up to that? No idea. Hmm. No idea. I think I only knew the William Cat version. I didn't realize Kevin Klein did a Pirates of Panzance also. So I'm assuming it was a, a movie, like an actual. Yeah, more than likely. Film. Yeah. But. But uh, Dorothy swiftly directs her mother out the door. Uh, Blanche then goes ahead and introduces all the girls. Kind and everyone's kind of just kind of shamelessly fawning you know, over, over him, yeah. yeah. And then she also shamelessly showers him with uh, some praise, uh, and they all seem mesmerized by his very presence. Uh, he then spouts off some humble phrase. Uh, some I think he said something about uh, there's no small roles with small actors. Right. right? Yeah. And Rose. Uh, References uh, her villages, um, which you know who that is. That's no. that's tattoo from Fantasy oh, Island, okay. the plane. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's funny. I, I missed that part. I, I I was pretty sure that's who it was, but I went ahead and double checked it to be sure. And <laughs> um, I, I guess he was also knickknack in uh, the Man with the Golden Gun, a, a James <laughs> okay, Bond movie. Yeah, he was like yeah. a, a henchman, yeah. which that made me think. I know Brent is a big mm-hmm. um, James Bond fan, yeah. which I really love the Daniel Craig movies. Mm-hmm. 
I enjoyed the uh, Pierce Brosnan movies. Yeah. I don't know if I saw all, how many was he in. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. He had five. Five. I didn't see five? all. Five. No, four. I'm sorry. Four. Um, he had Goldeneye, Die Another Day, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough. So he just had four. Okay. Well, I definitely have not seen all four of those, but I've seen at least two. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like this is almost an embarrassing thing. I feel like I've turned my man card, but I have not seen any James Bond movies prior to mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Um, which, you know, I've heard really good things about, you know, Roger Stone. and Not Roger Stone. Um, <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> geez, I have not heard any good things about Roger Stone. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Man with the Golden Gun was a Roger Moore one. Roger Moore, okay. Yeah. And, of course, Sean Connery. Um, Roger Stone was the uh, <laughs> the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost comically so. Right. He'd yeah. be a henchman for sure. But yeah. Um, anyways, but yeah. But I know that. So was The Man with the Golden Gun a, a solid entry in the James Bond series? Um, it had its moments. Um, so Christopher Lee uh, played uh, Scaramanga. Yeah, Count the, Dooku. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is pre-Count Dooku. Right, yeah. Um, so, the, so if you got Christopher Lee, okay, as your bad guy, mm-hmm. okay, and then, you know, two-foot-tall Hervey Villachez as, you know, his henchman. Right. Okay, and the fact that he has a golden gun, okay, <laughs> And he only needs one shot. Like, he gets paid $1 million per bullet, but it only oh, takes okay. one bullet for him to kill somebody because every shot is perfect. Oh, okay. Okay? I think that's enough, you know, backstory for your villain. Right. You don't need a whole lot more, okay? Yeah, just a great assassin. Exactly, exactly. With a midget sidekick mm-hmm. and a golden gun. Right. That's it, okay? But they took it one step further and gave him a third nipple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So, How do they work that into the story? It just seems like that would take some extra storytelling that would be for, completely for superfluous. Yeah, I've not seen that one. But so, so it's so it starts off um, and like nobody knows what he looks like. Okay, so it starts off with Roger Moore going undercover as the man with the golden gun, and so he has this prosthetic third nipple on, <laughs> so he can fool the bad guys into thinking he's the man with the golden gun. And then um, the man with the golden gun's like, hey, somebody's out there pretending to be me with my three nipples. <laughs> and so that's how he ends up on their radar. Didn't uh, Mallrats have a scene where like the fortune teller lady had a yeah. third nipple? Yeah. <laughs> I actually ordered a Mallrats print uh, yesterday. Was so. that on the... Was that on no. The, you know, the gallery 1988 or yeah. whatever. Okay. Um, they had one and for some reason, I don't understand. There's just, they just did 15 copies of it and it was only 20 bucks. So I have no idea why it was so cheap, this glissy print or whatever. Um, but it's, um, like this drawing of Stan Lee and then like in his oh, thought wow. bubble, uh, there's a little drawing of Mick Jagger from his little speech about, you oh, know. That's excellent. Yeah. Take it, so, will you take a picture of that and show yeah, us? definitely. Because I'd love to see that. That's yeah. So, yeah, as soon as it shows up and everything. I guess when I'm done recording here, I'll show you online what it looks like. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm excited for that. So Yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I want to say that the way he kills Herbie Villages in that one is he, like, he like stuffs him in a suitcase and, like, throws it. Off a cliff or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's something kind of offensive. <laughs> now, was he screaming, deplaying? As yeah. he, <laughs> exactly. I thought it was funny. Do that you think he ever got a job as a uh, as a uh, what, flight attendant? And then when everybody was getting off, he's like, deplane, deplane. <laughs> 
Yeah, probably. But that was probably your daddiest dad joke <laughs> that you've said in the series. Does you so get far. off, you deplane. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you I get I get it. You get it, <laughs> yeah. Alan? He's deplaning. That's the joke. <laughs> So, yeah, it didn't improve with the explanation, but... Um, Everyone else is laughing harder. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think of the... Barry Finero. Who, who wrote this one? <laughs> Barry Finero and Morton Nathan. Yeah, I think if they wanted me to laugh, they would have <laughs> substituted Herbie Villachez with Billy Barty. That would have been hilarious, <laughs> yeah. But that would have been a really good one. Yeah. That would have been very clever on part. even though he had been on the show, it certainly would have been a name that <laughs> most... Watchers wouldn't have known. Yeah. Especially because back then, it's not like people could even go to IMDb and yeah, check. They yeah. would have had to have watched the, the credits or actually know who Billy yeah. Barty is <laughs> offhand. Exactly. <laughs> so, but anyways. So, yeah. So, he's doing his speech about uh, the small actors and then. Yes. Yes. And uh, so, you know, he's talking about, you know, there's no small roles, just small actors. And then uh, he actually... Uh, I forget what it was that, uh, oh, he told Rose that he was talking metaphorically. Right. And she says something along the lines of, oh, keep talking. I love that language. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was uh, one of the better lines of the episode. So I think she said uh, that's such a beautiful language. Yes. I think you're right. right. The girls were wanting to, at this point, take him around. They're kind of arguing with each other about who's going to give him a tour. Right. But he explains that he can't stay around very long. Uh, He has a prior engagement across town. Uh, and then Rose says that she uh, thinks she remembers what he was talking about. Uh, that, uh, oh, he wants to say that he uh, is going to practice and find out the uh, the background of his character mm-hmm. that he'll be playing. Right. The nuances. The, the nuances. Thank you. Yes, he does use that word, uh, which is hilarious because we find out from Rose that he'll be playing a tangerine yeah. <laughs> in a TV commercial. Yeah, which, where the hell do you get that information from? That someone, yeah. like... It had to have been, like, a publicly announced role or something, but... Right, yeah. Who who puts that on there? Yeah. Tangerine needed. <laughs> I'm just confused as to why it's not an orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you think he's there in Florida that he'd be doing it for the, you know, Citrus Council, but... Exactly. Yeah. Maybe they're trying to boost the tangerine. They're like, yeah. we get lots Lugia of orange. <laughs> right. We got lots of orange sales, but that tangerine's really floundering. Right. Well, maybe they did realize that the kids already love Robert Loja, so there was no point in trying <laughs> exactly. to shoehorn another celebrity in there. All, trying to get all four quadrants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> that. Maybe they're getting big actors to do all of them. Like, he's the tangerine. We got mm-hmm. someone else doing orange, and we got lime and lemon yeah. you know, coming in with uh, yeah. strong actors besides. Could be, yeah. yeah. Do they still have actors playing the Fruit of the Loom guys? I mean, I haven't CGI seen CGI now. I don't feel like I've seen a commercial featuring any representation of those characters in a long, long time. Gotcha. So, um, wasn't yeah. Al Roker the grapes? I, not that I recall, but it's always <laughs> a possibility. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to think that, like Al Roker was the grapes, and then uh, Willard Scott <laughs> was. Um, the apple yeah <laughs> they had like all all old time well i mean i think that morty uh, safer is mentioned earlier more morley morley safer is mentioned earlier he in was. the episode as well so there'd be another old-timey news guy yeah so uh yeah so he admits that rose is correct that's what he's going for uh blanson follows up asking if uh he's ever been a fruit before uh he tells him no but you know having been in the musical theater for a long time he's had the uh uh, the, his share of offers, yeah, which I felt was a a joke that didn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> I was so afraid you were going to say it was your favorite line. Oh. <laughs> now I'll say this much: yes, I totally agree. And obviously, the term "fruit" is not something that uh, 
at this point in time would be looked at as anything other than a rather derogatory um, phrase. But I was worried that Joe could have gone in such a much worse way. Yeah. Um, because, you know, he was just like, yeah, I've had offers, you know. but He didn't say it was disgust. Exactly, yeah. He seemed like, you know, completely, you know, I, I don't know if – Indifferent. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so I felt like it could have gone in a much worse way than it did. <laughs> um, so I was, uh, I don't know, pleasantly surprised, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> for the, for the uh, year, I'm sure that was not such an offensive joke. Right. Yeah. Um, he, he, he was not offended that somebody would think that, you know, a male would melt his hagen Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we find later the stage manager does kind of indicate that maybe... Oh, yeah, Andy. He's yeah, oh, well, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he did get offended by that one, though. He's like, you put your head down. <laughs> yeah, but he was in front of an audience, but we'll get to that point. So, so yeah, Dorothy reminds uh, him that the casting is uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m. Right. And uh, then he leaves saying that he expects that they'll all be... You know, trying out for the uh, role of the leading lady tomorrow, uh, and as he leaves, they kind of look look on with googly eyes at him. <laughs> goo goo eyes? Yeah, goo goo eyes. You know. okay. yeah, I think I think googly eyes would be <laughs> like the, the, rolling <laughs> around in their head like it's like Muppets. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, like those stadium buddy thing. You know, like yeah, uh, <laughs> goo goo eyes. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I do like the idea. Their eyes are just randomly rolling, looking from side to side. Exactly. He's gonna put them in the dip. (laughs) Is that a Roger Rabbit? It was. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So at this point, we have at least gotten past the introductions now. Yes. Yes. Stage um, is set. We yeah. got our cast of characters. <laughs> well, not all of them. We well, have, yeah. It's true. We still haven't officially met Phyllis. <laughs> so, but then we see, uh, we, we change scenes again. We see Dorothy and Patrick are now rehearsing at the <laughs> casting the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy at the end ad-libs a uh, one-liner about uh, the char- his character, Biff, mm-hmm. taking her right now on the stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really think it was an ad lib. I think it was just she got caught up well, in the she, moment. She claimed it was an ad lib. Right, though. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That should be uh, clarified. But I do think it was. she did cover it well um, <laughs> with, with claiming it was an ad lib at yeah. least. Now, two things real quick. I like the way that they sort of introduced the play as like what it's about and everything mm-hmm. by having like you get like the tail end of the scene with Dorothy and then the front end with Blanche right. with just a tiny bit of overlap. Yeah, it was um, good. But like this isn't like a real play. Like it's not our town or something like that. It's just sort of like their homage to that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what I would assume. Because okay. Maybe it was Biff. something where he's a drifter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think they even introduced that when they actually perform the play. Yeah. Um, yeah, he calls but, himself that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just I didn't know if that's like an actual scene from. Yeah, not that I know, so, but I maybe they didn't want to have to pay any royalties mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. for. It's a good way to get around it. Yeah, and yeah. there's enough people writing little plays that, like they want to get, you know, published with community mm-hmm. theaters as far as they go. Right. Well, I mean, I, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine this was completely original. But like you said, uh, yeah. kind of. Yeah, they didn't want to pay for the rights to Rogers and Hammerstein in Oklahoma. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not to be confused with Rogers and Hart. <laughs> it always comes back to that. <laughs> it does. Tune in next week to find out if it does again. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they complete their uh, scene, and Dorothy takes her sheet back with uh, a, a number of other ladies sitting down, kind of off the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it is Blanche's turn to try out. 
Uh, Blanche removes her like cover shirt mm-hmm. uh, to reveal a more than ample bosom, mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit larger than her uh, natural equipment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> of all the ways you could have giggled at that line, <laughs> you definitely took took the most wholesome. <laughs> Um, they begin the scene, and uh, they kind of go in for a kiss, which is part of the act. Uh, and her chest pops. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick quickly apologizes for the embarrassing accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Blanche reassures him that her, quote, backup pair can take a lot more punishment, <laughs> unquote. <laughs> yeah, punishment was an odd choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I just think that, like, for the backup pair... I don't know. It just like at that point, why bother? Right. Yeah. <laughs> those things that. Yeah, I mean, unless they're specifically like, well, her acting was okay, but we really like that she had a big chest and we mm-hmm. think that's going to play well to the yeah. audience. <laughs> exactly. um, but if they're not, you know, if they might deflate on us midway through, then we're yeah. going to have to go with Rose instead because of her, you know, natural um, mm-hmm. attributes. But well, there's a line of that coming up. Yeah. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she returns to her seat and Dorothy calls out, uh, or Dorothy calls her out for making a fool of herself in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick then kind of, uh, takes a few seconds while they're sitting and addresses the actresses, calling them all stars, you know, from the bottom of his heart or whatever, and announces the, uh, leading lady, uh, role of Josie, who they're all trying out for, will be played by Phyllis Hammerow, who, which is, you know. Yeah, the Meryl Streep of Miami. That's why, that's why I hear, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, she also states the male sheriff role and then dismisses the group, or he does. Yeah. Uh, the girls are clearly upset that none of them were selected because those were the only two acting, or the only two uh, speaking roles, right? Right, yeah. Well, I think they said they made adjustments to the play, which, you know, would be kind of crappy. <laughs> you know, they whittled it down to, like, three speaking parts. And yeah. So. so basically it's Biff, Josie, and the sheriff. Right, yeah. And then... Un, unspeaking uh, extras, right? Yeah, quite a few, quite a few people to just mill around in the background. But mm-hmm. you think with that many people on board, they could have probably beefed it up slightly. Yeah, well, or, or trimmed it down and just had <laughs> you know like the like three painted, people basically yeah. backgrounds. Yeah, <laughs> made it like a three-person play, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, like you said, maybe they had all those people, and they're like, well, we're going to need people to make sets, so these people are going <laughs> to want to be on stage for something. So, mm-hmm. you know, Got all these costumes. Right, yeah. But, I mean, that, it sounds like, you know, Rose probably would have made all those for the team. So, <laughs> did we find out next episode anyway? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they, uh, the girls are obviously upset that, that none of them were picked for uh, any of the speaking roles. Uh, so they start collecting their things when they're dismissed. And uh, begin to head out. Uh, Blanche, you know, says, oh, hold up. You know, I got to go back because she'd forgotten her purse at the chair. As she's walking back, Patrick begins to speak to her. And she uh, she kind of claps back with, yes, Judas. <laughs> uh, he acknowledges that, you know, she's obviously mad that she wasn't picked for the role of Josie. Uh, he explains that, uh, uh, that uh, Miss Phyllis had done a much better acting job. But Blanche is a much more attractive lady. Yeah, I like that she said, like, you know, was Phyllis really that much better than I was? And he's like, yeah, she was, he was a lot better. better. Yeah, much better. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, she, he tells her that Blanche is more attractive, though, and if she agrees. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he asks her to dinner then. Uh, he says he doesn't you know, really do this kind of thing. And, you know, she happily accepts. And he, but he makes her promise not to tell anyone, as he says he's currently going through a bit of a messy divorce and doesn't want to attract the attention of media. 
Uh, Blanche tells him that she's not naive to such concepts because she has a subscription to People Magazine. Right. Uh, he then gives her a big kiss, which I think is pretty forward. Yeah. But yeah. He's a big actor, so. Yeah, no. Well, you know, when you get to be like that, yeah. Can do what you want and you don't know. say it. <laughs> we should be thankful that we didn't see where his hands went. <laughs> so. so yeah, he gives her a big kiss and then um, tells her that he'll see her tonight at eight p.m. Right. Uh, just then, Rose enters looking for Blanche, just missing Blanche by by chance. Uh, Patrick stops Rose and tells her, you know, that he's been wanting to ask her something all day. And this was actually my favorite line. She responds with. Well, mine are real. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one, Thinking too. that he's talking about her bosom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to clarify that one, too. Yeah. Uh, he tells her that, you know, that's, you know, he was talking about something else, but that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, he then proceeds to ask her out as well, giving her the same basic story he gave to Blanche, but then setting a meet time of uh, 10 p.m. after you know, he kisses her, too. Uh, in response to the kiss, Rose says that she's not sure what he just did, but he'd make one hell of a yodeler. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the hell that even means. Oh. <laughs> but did, did I think you? It's do a you, tongue joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, do yodelers it. have a, a <laughs> particularly? <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. I guess I didn't think about that. <laughs> but uh, Rose runs off. I'm and glad of course, you went the yodeler route instead of <laughs> say what? Else. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> a lot more salacious than that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is Rose, though. I mean, yeah. she is a prude. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. And a killer of men. That's true. <laughs> Rose runs off, and of course now Dorothy then enters, looking for both of her roommates. Uh, Patrick plays the same game with her, uh, setting up a date now for midnight, and then he has also asked her, oh, yeah, Rose also said, you know, she's not naive, he knows she needs to keep uh, his low profile, because she reads People Magazine, mm-hmm. yeah. and he also asked Dorothy if she happens to read People Magazine. Yeah, yeah that should have been his first clue that they live together, but... <laughs> <laughs> But so, yeah, we close scene after that, and uh, we change. Now we see Patrick and Blanche uh, entering the house and uh, talking about the lovely full week they've been having together. Uh, Blanche explains that, you know, she's been so happy that keeping a secret is becoming more difficult. Yeah. Go it ahead. just seems like after a week she would have mentioned at some point you know, yeah. she has two roommates. Yeah, or, that it just would have come out just accidentally exactly. in conversation in just, some way. Tell me about yourself. She's right. like, oh, well, you know, my husband died, but I'm fine because I got these two. Oh, yeah, the roommate part. Yeah. yeah. I, I just thought you meant that it would have come out to her roommates um, yeah. prior to that. Yeah. In passing. Um, and just, I think that between the three of them talking, yeah. surely one of them would have mentioned the other two. Yeah. And the fact that. I don't think there's much talking going on, Brent. Well, I think he means between <laughs> the three girls talking, but, you know. Uh, well, they're all sworn to secrecy. The three girls talking to him. Oh, okay. You know, is they're getting to know one another? That's somewhere, yeah, along the way, they would have been like, oh, yeah, I live with these two who are also in the play. Exactly. You know them. Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> But, I mean, you don't know them as intimately as you know me, of course. But Yeah, 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 yeah right. There are other extras. Of course not. They yeah. helped. You remember those two people that were with me when you got to the, <laughs> <laughs> when you arrived and at the community theater? Actually happened to be walking in looking for me. Yeah. By name. <laughs> yeah. Or even just, uh, oh, I told Dorothy and Rose that I was going to the right. grocery store. Or yeah. Whatever, you know. You know, the two people that were in the. The dressing room when you arrived. Yeah, you know, of course, like he'll ask, like, "Oh, can I borrow ten bucks?" Like, I totally would lend you that money, but you know how much pork a loin of pork costs. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but, but I do uh, have a mink coat you can have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So they both agree that uh, keeping it quiet is uh, becoming difficult. Gently warned, but not gently killed. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's dark. We don't know how they killed those minks. <laughs> Maybe they have like a little, uh, like just a put them to sleep kind of thing. Yeah, it could be. I mean, they may have just. It's uh, like Rose told them a story. And they, just, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they killed themselves. They're like, <laughs> no more St. Olaf. Uh, right. <laughs> I guess that could be considered cruel, though. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, they still made their own decision in that case. <laughs> yeah, we just raise them. I mean, right. They keep dying. That's just, that's their fault. It's the way I feel about my kids. <laughs> the ones. Exactly. <laughs> it's the final indignity. They just want to make sure those minks aren't going to go to heaven. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Certified sinful mink. It's like, well, it's like, do you want to feel, do you not want to have to feel bad about the, uh, about wearing a real mink? Well, here, now you know. Minks in hell. Yeah. So that's another way to keep you warm. You're going to be in heaven while this right? mink's burning in hell. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a contender for line of the night. <laughs> I always like it when I win. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know you do fancy yourself to be the fifth golden girl. <laughs> I'm the poor man's Mr. Coco. <laughs> yeah, so it was written by Barry Fanero and Mort Nathan, edited. Yeah, uh, edited by Brent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, like I said, he agrees that uh, it's it's becoming hard for him to keep it secret too, right? Mm-hmm. And he tells her that you know when the time is right to share this, mm-hmm. he'll rent a plane and ride into the sky. Uh, feeling close to him right in the moment, she admits that uh, she's not perfect, and uh, he's not exactly sure what she's talking about. So they sit on the couch, and she then lays her head in his lap, face up, because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she's a lady. <laughs> Like the transcript to reflect that I was pointing to the sky with one index finger. <laughs> Which I assume was to represent her face up and not Patrick's wiener. <laughs> Very correct. Very correct. Uh, she explains that there's a slight imperfection in her left iris. Uh, Dorothy then enters and sees them together. Patrick is, of course, surprised to see uh, Dorothy, not knowing that they were roommates. And uh, drops Blanche on the floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blanche tells her that uh, Patrick had stopped by uh, to rehearse her role in the play. Dorothy calls out this clear lie as the girls all have non-speaking roles. Right. Uh, Blanche then tells her that uh, they had uh, had a slight change to the part in which she has a part where she falls. Yeah, yeah. I think that was. um, Yeah, I think that was the uh, Patrick. What was his name? Patrick Vaughn. Yeah, I think that was his. I think he was the one who came up with that lie on short notice. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, the man's a master of deceit. <laughs> so Master. Um, he, I mean, he was pulling a fast one on all of these girls. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Andy. She, say what? And Andy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she then says that you know she's uh, going to go back out to uh, practice in the fall a few more times on the lawn. Uh, Dorothy's still not buying this excuse. Asks Patrick, you know, what's really going on? Uh, then he then convinces her that he's pulled a double con and actually did know that, that she lived there and was, you know, going over to see her. Relieved by this, you know, she hugs him just as Rose is entering. 
again, Patrick drops another golden girl to the floor. Uh, when uh, Rose asks why Dorothy's on the ground, uh, they explain that she dropped a contact lens, but Rose knows that Dorothy doesn't wear them. So uh, he says that it was his contact lens, and uh, playing on Rose's naivete, uh, convinces her that, uh, sorry, uh, convinces her that you know he was there for contact solution, which because right. Dorothy doesn't wear them, <laughs> she has plenty of contact yeah, solution. Abundance, yeah, well, I mean, I guess he's been around Rose long enough to know that uh, <laughs> she is a little, a little easy to fool. Yeah, fool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, she she goes along with this, and uh, as he uh, did with the other girls, he reflects on the uh, the past week with Rose being so nice, and tells her you know that he'll be seeing her that evening. Right. Uh, at their usual meeting space. Yeah, that was, I think, my favorite line of the episode. Um, then Rose, like, uh, yeah, 1045, you'll pull your car up behind the theater <laughs> and leave the trunk open. Uh, so, so yeah, I don't really ever expound on that. Like, does she get in the trunk? Yeah, I mean, that's or what I, I think has to be the implication is mm-hmm. that she gets in the trunk it's and then secret. closes it on herself yeah. and then he drives into whatever, yeah. you know. Probably people don't see her in the passenger seat. Yeah. Now, do you think that, that became the uh, the standard? Um, well, I guess this was the standard even before he knew they were roommates. So Correct. he just didn't want anybody to see her get in the car with him. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, if it's at the theater, is other people around? Right. That's true. Yeah. So he's more likely to be spotted by one of the other ladies because mm-hmm. that seems to be his hunting grounds. Yeah. Apparently uh, so. <laughs> do you think that you know the girls would? Have, I'm assuming all the girls would be getting in the back of that trunk. Or at least a handful. Yeah, of them. at least a fair number. Um, and do you think well, yeah, they all? I mean, none they, of them could be seen in the front seat, so yeah, right. they would all have to be trunk. Think people. they ever smelled like perfume or anything? That was like, huh? Well, maybe it's so... just because he knows that Rose is the only one dumb enough to fall for it. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> well, maybe he just really squeezed her into a small window. Um, maybe, maybe. Um, I do think it's shitty that like we never see Sophia again. Like yeah. she just leaves for work, and that's the end of her. Yeah. Well, you know what. Uh, you know, seafood waits for no man. So well, know. Dorothy was right. It just goes to prove that it was a lot of uh, it was very demanding mm-hmm. work and time wise. Yeah, yeah. It may be the least developed B story of the entire series so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's she very has much so, yeah. one scene. It's basically like, well, we don't really have a part Sophia for Sophia in this, so we need mm-hmm. some reason for her not to be exactly. basically in the episode at all. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so. But Estelle Getty was fine with it because they let her keep the costume. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And that gave her the backup option of, you know, going to work at Disney World if uh, mm-hmm. things fell through with this. Well, it was exactly. Well, she She's like, mark pi- my words, Pirates of the Caribbean is going to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> she just wouldn't live long enough to see it. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. I wonder when, do you know when Estelle Gady died? I think probably in the 90s, I assume. That, that soon? I don't know. I thought she would have lived a little longer than that. But, yeah, well, you know what? You're probably right. Um, well, no, in the 90s, I mean, hell, the show ended in the 90s. I don't know. We'll look. Yeah, this is 87 when this was happening. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, the show was on until like 90, what, 3, 94, something like something that. that. I think. But we should probably know that by now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess all that one really matters. That's all I take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, so we're at the point now. She so, died in 2008. Okay. So yeah, so she saw it uh, explode with um, Johnny Depp. So yeah, she got to see her, uh, her, her predictive powers. Yeah, it come to fruition. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so uh, she's uh, getting the uh, contact thing taken care of. Do you guys say it Caribbean? What's that? How do you, how do you say it? 
if I'm referring to the movie, I definitely say Caribbean. If I'm referring like actually to the geographic location, mm-hmm. I say Caribbean. Yeah. So Me too. I don't understand why I do it different, but yeah, I'm not really sure either. Um, but I just follow your lead. So, well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've talked about those Captain Jack movies so often. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, did you see it? World's End? I mean, yeah. you heard talking about Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End? You like, guys know that dead men tell no tales? Yeah. <laughs> so, right, so she saw that. She was alive for the first three oh, okay. of them. Curse of the Black Pearl was 2003, and that's the only one I've seen. Um, dead Man's Chest was 2006. At World's End was 2007. And then the two subsequent ones were Strangers, Tides, and Dead Men Tell No Tales from 11 and 17. Ah, okay, I was wondering if she could have possibly gotten a screener, but that one in 11 definitely would have been mm-hmm. too yeah. far past. So, yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure she's watching it on that big movie theater in the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one where Billy Barty's three times his normal size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly was three sizes normal size when I watched this at home. <laughs> 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 yeah well i mean it is nice that it's at the very least you know actual <laughs> human <Yeah>. size <laughs> so yeah but anyways go ahead ski sorry uh so yeah him and uh, rose talked about their normal meeting spot just in the uh the other girls enter in not sophia and uh they see him leaving and uh they both say yeah we'll see you tonight and then they kind of look at each other and they clarify that uh, they'll be seeing them just at the theater. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy gives him back his uh, pretend contact lens. This was a good little back and forth. Uh, then uh, he takes it from her and uh, puts on a great performance as to put it in this non-existent eyewear before exiting. I like the fact that he walked into the door. Yeah, yeah. it was a pretty good performance, really. Yeah. I mean, obviously it was written, but you know, yeah. if it was just ad-libbed for him. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dorothy then, you know, after he'd walked out, Dorothy Marvel's at his acting chops. Yeah. I thought the watching in the door was a little hammy because he walks into it kind of hard. Mm-hmm. And missing one contact would not <laughs> make it so you couldn't see a door in front of you. So didn't you go with one contact lens for like weeks at a time? Yeah. Yeah. For probably like a year almost. A year? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Again, the whole contact thing was a running thing for just Rose. Yeah. So I think that <laughs> to really sell it to that numbskull. <laughs> yeah. He walks in the door and he's oh. I better put this in. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure why he wouldn't have put it in anyway. Like, you're just going to take it with you in a glass wherever <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. going. <laughs> On your drive home. Hope huh? you don't get thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we change scenes. We see Rose and Blanche are now on stage at the costume in their costumes mm-hmm. on opening night. Uh, Rose is waiting to uh, give Patrick a flower. But Blanche tells him that, you know, oh, no, I'll give it to him. When questioning why, you know, she can't give it to her herself. Blanche makes up some old theatrical saying, saying that, oh, you should never accept a rose from a person named Rose Right. on opening night. Yeah, that seemed dumb. Um, I mean, not just the saying, but I didn't understand, like, at this point, none of them know that, you know, he's mm-hmm. been sleeping around. Yeah. So why would you care that much if someone else, who you would assume would just be a friend, yeah. you know, just be a co- I think Blanche is just trying to steal... The thunder yeah. of a nice gesture. Yeah, I guess so. I think she's just really territorial over her men. Oh, okay. You know? I think the fact that she would swoop in and steal a man, she sort of thinks other ladies would do the same to oh. her, even though they don't know they're doing it to her. I see. Okay. Well, fair enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just she doesn't want Patrick to even notice Rose. You know, she just doesn't want competition in any form. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, because hers are natural. Hers are mm-hmm. real. They are. <laughs> Her hair color is not. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Patrick then enters, and Blanche gives him the flower, and he graciously graciously accepts it. Uh, Rose tells him that you know, she would have given him one, too, if her parents had just named her Violet. Right. Uh, the stage director comes in and explains that you know the sheriff actor has come down with the flu, excuse me, and that Dorothy would now be playing that role, uh, as she was the only cast member to fit in the costume. <laughs> B. Arthur looked good in that costume. Think so? Yeah. <laughs> like you, with the with the, the belly, belly and all that. All yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like guess one of those things that, like, I'm not saying like in a you know seductive, sexy time way, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that. Yeah, I would, her, her. I would watch B. Arthur play a Southern sheriff oh, okay. in that outfit. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now, what if it was the outfit but without the belly? Would you still be down with it? Or you no. feel like it has to have the belly has to, to have the belly. The look? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mod yeah. cops. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, I think the man with the golden gun had a redneck Southern sheriff named J.W. Pepper. Oh, really? as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how would you feel about it if they remade that movie? Um, you know, with uh, Daniel Craig or whoever mm-hmm. the next James Bond ends up being, mm-hmm. and they recast that. Well, I guess obviously B. Arthur's with dead a, now, a but deep fake B. <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> so would you be down with that? Sure. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so Billy Barty um, takes the role of Urban uh, Village. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Deep fake Billy Barty. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope. Hope that that uh, dream comes to fruition. Yes. Why wouldn't they? It <laughs> yeah. Seems like an obvious choice of yeah. both ends. Didn't they, they, after listening to this, that'll be the clear choice anyway. Yeah, definitely. I don't see what other option there is now. <laughs> Like, we were looking for staffing choices, but or casting choices, but now we know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, um, yeah, we got the joke about uh, if she was named Violet. The stage director now comes in and explains that. Uh, oh, sorry, I talked about the sheriff role. Uh, she was the only other person that could fit in the costume. Uh, they exit the stage pr- to uh, practice. Her and Patrick do. Uh, Phyllis then enters the uh, stage and is also holding a rose to, to give to Patrick. Right. Blanche tries to steal that one too, so that kind of kind of mm-hmm. lends credence to uh, the territorial thing. Um, but Phyllis insists that you know, you know, he definitely want it for me instead, because uh, she kind of then divulges that you know he's been seeing him or she's been seeing him since he got into town. Right. Uh, Rose and Blanche listen to her story with uh, disbelief. Uh, both the girls then explain that uh, Phyllis must be a liar when she walks away. You know, in tandem, admitting that they've been seeing the actor as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast is then called to their opening positions, and as they exit, uh, both Rose and Blanche kind of look back at each other, stunned at this uh, new revelation. Yep. We change scenes, and uh, we see uh, the play starting. It's it's like you were talking about earlier. It's just uh, Patrick sitting there as Biff, talking about how, my He's name's Biff, yeah. I'm a drifter. <laughs> That's about all the uh, character development we get. Yeah. That's all we need. That's yeah. all we need. Uh, and then we uh, see the actors into the stage kind of on cue. Uh, Sheriff Dorothy then comes over and talks to Biff about how long you plan to stay in town. Mm. You know, and uh, that I'll be keeping an eye on you. Blanche and Rose then enter the stage loudly at, uh, their, at their cue, talking about this uh, new uh, revelation, the situation that's going on, which disrupts the play slightly, but uh, they kind of just play it off as they walk to their spot. Nothing worse than background noises distracting from the production. That's right, right. Was that planned? 
<laughs> I think he's just trying to make up for the fact. If you ever hear any like scraping sounds, jingling sounds, anything that doesn't sound like it was an intentional sound, it is almost certainly Brent. Uh, I do cough sometimes. Well, yeah, there, there, there are coughs, but uh, anything that isn't easily identifiable as to what it is, Brent. Yeah, that was not him just peeing into a cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you heard Ski it. was late, but not uh, not so much so that Brent has lost. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> the ability not to. Not been institutionalized. Right. <laughs> so. Um, no, I was, I was, you know, pouring coffee from my thermos into my cup. Mm. So that was that sound. Mm, okay. It's a noisy thermos. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, uh, these mics picked up a lot of sounds. So, mm-hmm. but you know, when I, when I do edit the episodes, they don't seem to come through as much as it feels like it does when I'm listening to it as we record. So, gotcha. yeah. But if anybody happens to notice that, then yeah, that's just Brent being a little, uh, mm-hmm. fidgety or thirsty <laughs> in this case. So. Exactly. So, like I said, they, uh, they, Come on the stage and they're talking about, you know, the fact that you know, he's been cheating on all of them. Uh, they take their seat at a table. Uh, Is it really cheating, though? No, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, are Unless they in a committed spe- relationship? Play, yeah. Playing yeah. them, I guess, is a better way well, to say it. Unless they had a specific conversation, you know, about being, you know, serious and exclusive. Yeah. Monogamous. Well, I think he implies that, though, with a lot of them because he makes them mm. feel like, you know, I don't want anyone to know about our relationship. Right, yeah. I mean, he definitely does make it seem like... I, I would say in the, the limited you know, mm-hmm. viewings we see of his interactions with them, he makes those relationships seem more important mm-hmm. to well, him than they are. That sure. and also the timeline. If he's only been there for like a week or so, I think it's reasonable to think that he's not been seeing four or five other ladies in yeah. the exact same days that you've been yeah. seeing him. Yeah, and I, cheating wouldn't be a fair way to put it, but dishonest would definitely be you oh, know, yeah. a fair think, way to put it. I think it. that's true. So, so they take their seat and they they continue to talk about it. Maybe it was just like ultimate. His ultimate plan was just have the plane write all of their names in the sky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, I make big after money. You know, I'm getting tangerine money here soon. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> I feel bad for the poor. father. Pilot who's like yeah. Dorothy Rose, Blanche, Phyllis, Andy. Yeah, I need a fucking jumbo jet full of steam to. <laughs> you know what he should do is he should contact uh, Wicked Witch to the West. Yeah, <laughs> she's got some good handwriting in the sky. Mm-hmm, that's it's not true. Really broom writing, I guess. Is yeah, yeah, I suppose that, uh, but it is it is impeccable broomanship. <laughs> so. Exactly. They do have that Billy Barty connection. Yeah. <laughs> well, they would have, but he was yeah. too young. So. <laughs> That's true. Well, and, and in part of their conversation, they both reveal that uh, he used the right in the sky line on both of them. Mm-hmm. That would be the part that would maybe bother me the most. Was that like... It was like scripted? Like yeah, was, exactly. That It's like even his feelings for me, not only were they not, you know, like exclusive. exclusively for me, but he was even reusing lines mm-hmm. that, I mean, how many other women did he use the same? That would be the part that would make me feel like an idiot, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy just used these canned very, lines. Very disingenuous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that may be almost more hurtful than the fact that he was, you know, carrying on a short-term relationship with a lot of women. So. Well, at this point, I, yeah, go ahead. I still think it comes down to, you know, whose side are you on, the players or the games? <laughs> Don't hate the player, right? It depends on which uh, side I'm on. <laughs> so, in this case, I guess I, I identify – well, I don't identify with either side. I've neither been a player nor the gamed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, exactly. 
exactly. Hey, I think by default that we're on a podcast, we had to take the side of the Golden Girls. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would say. <laughs> Brent has <laughs> shown more than once that he is on the side of the uh, lecherous men. <laughs> I'm just saying. We need, we need the outside perspective, though. You know? yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so are you saying that he's a lecherous man and that makes him the outside perspective? <laughs> no, I'm saying. <laughs> are we just needed dissenting? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. For the sake of the conversation. Like, right. If we were all just like... Agreed. Move on. <laughs> it's, a, it's a point counterpoint kind of yeah. situation. Exactly. So Brent's just the devil's advocate. I have to take the unpopular opinion just to keep the conversation flowing. <laughs> and he's a hero because of it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. I think that um, it's also easier for me to, um, you know, relate to Patrick and to sort of justify his shenanigans uh-huh. just because, you know, I've got another podcast I'm recording after this one. Oh, <laughs> so it's one of those things that <laughs> you guys don't understand. That I we're learning of it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I keep, I keep my, my schedule running tight. <laughs> That's when this one's late because he has to dump out. It yeah. throws back my subsequent podcast. Well, luckily your next one was with me and then the one after that is with him. <laughs> but, I'm late to that one too. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I like to think that you said Brent to text. It's at my like, house. Hey, I know that we were going to meet at my house at 11 o'clock, but we're going to have to meet there at 11 30 because I was late to that podcast. Exactly. And Brent's like, all right. And it makes it make you feel like an asshole for it. My, <laughs> my like, 9 30 <laughs> ran long. <laughs> I think if you wanted the asshole move, would be to make me text him to tell him I'm going to be late because my 9 30 started late. Yeah, you really need to let me know. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He was the impetus for the tardy. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> a, um, place I used to work <laughs> running ads on the social media mm-hmm. <laughs> and they weren't getting the traction that they needed. And the stupid marketing guy <laughs> in this meeting, <laughs> he said something about it's like, so the ads are going to be retargeted. <laughs> A buddy of mine's like, I don't think you can say that word anymore. (laughs) Which is still one of the funniest things I've ever heard in a meeting. Retargeted. I like that. (laughs) HR stepping in there. Would it need to be say that it was initially targeting challenged? Exactly. (laughs) That is. Now, was it intentionally funny? Yeah. Oh, yeah okay, good. Yeah. That, that, that. Like, subsequently, whenever the uh, marketing dude's name was mentioned, I would always be like, he's retargeted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a fantastic joke, especially meeting wise. Yeah. <laughs> but. So, anyway, so have you gotten to the part? So, the three, there was one line in there that I did want to mention. While the three of them were kind of discussing on stage about him. Not, not the discussing between three of them yet. We're okay. There. All right. Fair enough. But uh, after hearing about the right in the sky coincidence, the overlap, uh, Blanche gets really upset and stands up and calls him a dirt bag loudly. Right. Again, slightly disrupting the uh, play. Uh, but she, she just plays that off, uh, acting like the outburst was part of it. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy creeps up from the back and then tells the girls to call themselves because, you know, He's in the middle of an awesome performance. Uh, they then tell him that, uh, you know, kind of in a t- hushed tone, that he's been seeing Phyllis and the both of them all week. 
Dorothy hearing this, you know, tells him that she's been seeing him too. And then she kind of sits down with him. And, uh, you know, she can't hold back. And she yells, dirt bag. Right. Uh, again, disturbing the play. Then, of course, I don't, they don't really play it off as much this time. Yeah. Uh, then they all sit down together and talk about uh, Patrick being a scumbag. And uh, Rose then uses a Scandinavian term. I can't... Uh, yeah, I can't remember what the term was, but I do remember what she said the meaning was. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Well, just that she said the meaning was uh, someone who docks his boat in the handicap slip. <laughs> and I was wondering, so is she saying that uh, which one of them has the handicap slip? Is, is hers the, the handicap slip that he's docking his boat into? <laughs> so, I mean, I realize that the idea is he's an asshole, but at the same yeah. time, it, it makes it sound like that I think you could make an argument that she's calling herself and the other women that he has uh-huh. deceived to a certain extent, the mm-hmm. handicapped people who slip with it with in which he is docking. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but yeah, her vagina was retargeted. <laughs> 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 yeah. Rose's vagina has been targeted plenty of times, mm-hmm. so targeted and retargeted. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, so, uh, <laughs> As a result of all this talk, <laughs> Blanche gets really mad. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, um, I, I guess I never put two and two together as far as like how funny the joke was. Mm-hmm. Um, but remember back when they were like, oh, you know, you never saw your father's penis? And she like freaks out. Mm-hmm. But now that we know it was Billy Barty, <laughs> just because. So much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we still haven't got to the point, though, to where we know Billy Bart. I know you said you think that eventually we find out that um, her parents were actually little people. Mm-hmm. But I also know that we have said that we think eventually we find out that Phil is uh, possibly trans or, or something. Mm-hmm. And neither of those things have come to fruition. So I still wonder if we'll find out you know, as we get to season seven here in a few years. <laughs> they're like, oh, I don't know. We just added those details in ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> they actually true. the case. Um, but, yeah, so we'll have to see. Because at this point, we can't really say that Billy Barty is her dad until we know definitively uh-huh. <laughs> that. Uh, she calls him daddy in her dream. Well, yeah, but then, <laughs> but then she says that her dad is not a little person, I think. Um, and that, gotcha. you know, he was just being represented. So. But representation matters. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you think that that was really just Rose being woke, um, woke in her exactly. dream. Like so. in real life, she'd never noticed he was tiny. <laughs> so it would be great if it was really a Hervey Villages that had been her dad, because then it would have really <laughs> exactly. got a multicultural flavor to it that the exactly. Golden Girls kind of lacks. Yeah. So. We were at um, a store one day, Walmart, and my youngest, who was four at the time, um, she saw um you know a midget and it's still the biggest smile she's ever had on her entire face <laughs> and she's like that little boy's an old man <laughs> so she was just so happy i've never seen a child like light up like that yeah well i mean she probably felt like she was really discovering something because mm-hmm. um, you know obviously yeah. It's not super common to see, you yeah. know, a, a little person out, yeah. but, um, but yeah, probably felt like she was really uh, like, <laughs> you know, finding something new. Uh, exactly. <laughs> like new she, aspect to the world, yes. unknown. <laughs> Discover like discovering the Strait of Magellan. Exactly. And go home. <laughs> exactly. Like Vasco da Gama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, yep. we didn't talk about that line earlier. We didn't. It's fine. Oh, did you have some? Did you have some? Uh, have some stuff on uh, Dagama that you wanted to add into the episode? Uh, no, I, mean, I can mention that you know he discovered India, even though there were people there for billions of years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it would necessarily be credited with discovering India, um, but yeah, he was the first person to sail there, as opposed to walk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Opening up a new route there. That. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They. I read when I was reading that it was like that. It was a a huge world development in mm-hmm. a general sense um, yeah it seems weird to be like yeah it was a big development to sail around something to something else um, mm-hmm. for the first time but exactly guess it was so yeah well uh, when you go through the uh, ocean you miss all those like land masses and uh, back then there's tons of forestry and mountains and stuff well sure yeah so i mean a lot of the uh, expansion mm-hmm. as far as by ship even though it's in itself hugely dangerous <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was um, definitely oh, expanded its yeah, trade is all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, it was first from Europe um, to make a link between Europe and Asia specifically um, by ocean. Mm-hmm. But. We, um, uh, I mean, we'll talk about India a bit in the next episode. Mm-hmm. But one of my all-time favorite lines from um, Seinfeld is uh, George mentions DeSoto. And Seinfeld's like, what did he discover again? And George is like, the Mississippi River. And Seinfeld's like, oh, yeah, like we wouldn't have found that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good line. Yeah. Yeah, so at this point now, so the three Uh, girls now. Yeah, they all know. Was there a line that you wanted to talk about? No, no, that was it, just about the slip, the handicap slip. Gotcha, gotcha. And so, uh, you know. At this point, uh, Blanche decides, you know, something's going to be done. So right in the middle of the play, she gets up and walks over to Biff, you know, Patrick. And, uh, <laughs> Mr. Patrick. <laughs> loudly Mr. explaining Biff. that uh, he's been seeing multiple people this week, mm-hmm. like throughout all the week. Yeah. And apparently, you know, this actually encompassed the entire female cast that looked like. Right. Plus Andy. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> the uh, He's like a, is he a stage director, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blanche again calls... Uh, yeah, she is known to do for a hanging at this point. Right. That's her go-to. Yeah. <laughs> and Rose even gets on the action. She says, and a tree from props or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick uh, kind of comes clean with the fact that he has, of course, been seen, you know, dating this whole bunch of ladies. And, uh, but then he argues that, you know, everyone had a good time, so who really got hurt? Yeah. Uh, several of the girls uh, kind of halfway agree with him. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't see the harm in his action, but Rose and Blanche and even Dorothy kind of call him out on his lies and suggest that uh, he, he better you know get out of town right now. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the audience thinks this is all part of the play, right? and they uh, begin to applaud when he exits. <laughs> I just hope there's not like a morals clause in that tangerine contract. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they do have People magazine, mm-hmm. so That's they true. would be able to find out if he was doing anything improper. Mm-hmm. So. Well, so then after the applause, everybody kind of bows, mm-hmm. uh, taking a, a bit of back because, you know, in their mind, they, they were going off script and stuff. So I would imagine, you know, with everybody applauding and then bowing, that to me would indicate the play is over mm-hmm. six minutes after the play began. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like, Maybe oh. they think it's just an act end or something? Yeah, well, I mean, I've never seen a cast <laughs> bow after the end of an act. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> thank you. Like thank a, you. Like I've seen several, you know, big budget musicals and whatnot that uh, – mm-hmm. 
you know, when they had their intermission, they didn't give a yeah. bow. Probably. Well, well, there's something I want to add to that after this next last part. I mean, mm-hmm. We know the audience isn't a big fan of Phyllis because right. of last year's place. So they're probably just <laughs> glad it's over. Right. <laughs> like, not this bitch again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, the only reason the audience is there was just to be supportive of their grandmothers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we uh, change scene and we're back at home. It does seem kind of crappy that Sophia couldn't come to the play, though. Yeah, I yeah. She couldn't get off work. Right. Well, you know, again, I guess technically <laughs> we don't know no that man. she's not there. Yeah. 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 I guess that's true. She could have been one of the people cheering. But she does not go home with them. Because you mean next... she's not there when in yeah. the next scene? Yeah. The final scene is is yes. the closing one. We see uh, Blanche, Dorothy, and Rose all coming into the house. Uh, Blanche and Dorothy are kind of lamenting that they feel like fools. Rose tries to comfort them, saying, you know, the audience enjoyed the show and even got a refund, which tells me that they all paid for the six-minute play. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for the community theater who's now going bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it just seems like if I was in that situation, I'd be like, no, you, you keep the money. <laughs> yeah, you can keep the seven bucks I paid to get in. <laughs> okay. Well, and then what makes me wonder is, you know, obviously this big-name actor, or actor, sorry, uh, did he get paid? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure he's the, pay or play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, is he still going to get paid after this, even though he didn't really do more than six minutes worth of acting? I mean, I would I would take it to court if I was him and they tried to <laughs> not pay yeah. me for it. I mean, I was there. I did all the rehearsals, and they're mm-hmm. the ones who ushered me off stage. Me off, yeah. yeah, Not much I could do about it. So mm-hmm. and They call it opening night, so you assume that this would have supposed to have been like an ongoing series, at least yeah. several shows. I know we, we've kind of had some joking conversations about this in the past, but my goodness, you have to give it up for the virility of this man who is in his, <laughs> you know, 50s or 60s and is pleasing, what, 20 women on a mm-hmm. nightly basis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it definitely made my choice for MVP easier. Well, Phil, Phyllis even kind of uh, states that, you know, because she was going give to give the rose to him, she says... He's been getting it from me all night or all week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you kind of get the impression that he's been seeing them all on a very regular basis all for two weeks now at this point. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's a pre Viagra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's just a, you know, but if he has that insatiable of a sex drive, <laughs> he really probably is a sex addict. Um, <laughs> Need but, some help, you think? Yeah, it's a, you understand why he's going through a tough divorce at this point. Um, <laughs> so, I would definitely say that uh, the divorce doesn't he, seem that he, tough he, at he this point. He puts most of us men to shame. Um, <laughs> but glad you went with most instead of all. Yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not going to lump either of you two in. But uh, but I, I don't think that um, I, I definitely don't think that I could carry on with 20 women in a. A day, <laughs> much less, <laughs> much less over the course of two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, well, she points out that they all got a refund. Uh, Dorothy, Dorothy rudely explains that they were not upset because of uh, the refund or the short play, but because you know Patrick kind of played them all. Rose agreed that you know she also did feel uh, common, cheap, and used. And then she asked Blanche how she normally handles those feelings, which I thought was a good job. Yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite lines as well. So. Uh, Blanston replies that, you know, she'll be flushing the toilet while Rose showers just for asking that question. Right. Dorothy continues that the the girls were, you know, also to blame because they all kind of acted like teenage groupies when he arrived. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy, the, once again, you know, slut shaming. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, um, 
it's funny with Blanche because sometimes she takes the um, slights, you know, in good fun, mm-hmm. but not always. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I think though, especially when you're saying the word cheap and used, that mm-hmm. that definitely puts well, a even a worse spin on it than. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can call someone a slut or a tramp or whatever like yeah. that. So. Well, in this case, I don't think Rose was even saying it to be demeaning. No. Just asking. It was, yeah. <laughs> so she figures, well, Blanche must have to deal with this all the time. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny that common was one of the, the words. <laughs> uh, Dorothy then continues that, you know, they were to blame as well for acting like teenager groupies. And she says, you know, platinum, during the events of the week, Patrick made her feel beautiful. Uh, and then Blanche says that he made her feel young, and Rose added that he made her feel smart. And uh, Dorothy, hearing all this, kind of simply muses to herself, God, what an actor. <laughs> yeah, that last one, that was probably my favorite line of the episode. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which there weren't a lot of lines that stood out super, you know, uh, prominently, uh, but that one, the delivery of it and the line itself were... Is that your favorite, then? Yeah, I think that was my favorite, if I, you know was forced to choose one so well, i already told my favorite i was the uh they're they're real did you have a favorite uh, no i didn't okay. so uh ski who uh so that closes out the episode correct yes okay so oh yeah there are definitely several guests in this episode um vaughn was played by uh lloyd boehner um right. 252 credits for him we do see him again on the golden girls Nothing that you would really probably know him from. Um, he was in 28 episodes of Dynasty. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, definitely just a big-time career guest actor. Mm-hmm. Would you say TV actor? Yeah, <laughs> and probably the most handsome one there was. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, then uh, Phyllis was played by Janet Carroll. She was on um, 188 various titles. A Risky Business uh, was probably one of her most famous. She was yeah, also I definitely on, recognized her face, but I didn't know I've seen her before. Well, she was on seven episodes of Married with Children, um, and she played the role of Gary, who is the owner of Gary's Shoes, where mm-hmm. uh, you know Al Al worked at. So mm-hmm. I did not remember her at all. You know, when I first saw that she played someone named Gary, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I didn't remember it at all. But then when I looked up a picture, I was like, oh yeah, that that's familiar now. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have the stage manager, uh, Frank Bernie, or Brian, something like that. But um, he has 121 titles to his name. But the only thing he was on for a very significant number was um, The Practice. I think he was on 14 episodes of that as Judge Warren something or other. Peace. Yeah. Yeah, Warren, <laughs> yeah, Warren Peace. Um, but I thought that it was funny because uh, two of his credits were Scared White Guy on Key and Peele and um, – Old man on the office. <laughs> so I'm going to be keeping an important, eye out since we're rewatching roles. that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the most interesting other guest was uh, Ruth Cohen. She was the uh, was credited as the woman at play tryouts. I think she was the one who was sitting maybe next to Rose um, okay. and made some sort of like a face. I don't think she said anything. Maybe mm-hmm. she had a line. I don't remember for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in another episode of the Golden Girls at a different point, credited as a woman shopping in grocery store. Nice. Um, but she is actually the actor or the actor who is in the fifth most episodes of Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> so after the four main cast members, mm-hmm. she's next on the list with 101 episodes that she was in. Wow. As the role, um, Ruthie Waitress. Cohen. Her name's Ruth Cohen. Ruthie mm-hmm. Cohen, and she was the cashier at the restaurant nice. that, that, that they, they always ate at. go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monks. So she is. Yeah. 
So yeah, like Wayne Knight, oh, you know, Newman was only in 45 episodes, so she was more than double him yeah. <laughs> um, as a background her. character. So they do a lot of eating at that diner. Yeah, they yeah, do. definitely. I thought that was just a, an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, so. it if I'd have known that, I'd have saved my Seinfeld. But. Yeah, I know. Well, I thought maybe that you had already seen that, so yeah. that's why you're working it in. Mm-mm. But well, so. just a happy accident. Yeah. So, Ski, uh, who is your MVP for this episode? I got to give it for Patrick. Uh, even though he was a jerk to mostly the entire cast, mm-hmm. I thought he did a really good job acting-wise. Mm-hmm. And it was it was entertaining. I mean, he was kind of the central character, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd have to go with Patrick by... Not because I thought he was the greatest guest star. I thought he was good. And obviously, you know, sometimes there are guest stars in an episode that, you know, may have a really good individual scene and but he was one who was in a large portion of the episode yeah. and he did a solid job for all of his scenes yeah um so i i, I gave would give him the mvp as well for this yeah. one i mean i think the only scene that he wasn't in was when they were discussing captain jacks mm, okay you know so yeah i mean his wiener definitely gets the mvp <laughs> for me <laughs> so so if i was like uh tallying up the votes should i give Two votes for Vaughn and one vote for Vaughn's wiener. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Ski, how many slices of cheesecake did this one earn? I actually like this one a lot. I gave it a six point five. Wow, six point five. That's a that's a, a hefty score. What about you, Brent? Two and a half. Two and a half. Um, needs more Sophia. Yeah, that was probably the biggest uh, crime of this episode. Was just. That, so yeah, that limited. Was one my, my one asterisk as well. And it felt like there were other opportunities that could have worked around. Although this was another episode where they were trying to do a very big story, mm-hmm. you know, in 22 minutes. Yeah. Um, and so I think it does become challenging. We've had other ones like that where it's, you know, you, when you try to fit so much in and just, well, I know another one where Sophia kind of got screwed over the vacation episode. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Now she she had a better B story in that one than she had in this yeah. one, um, but again it was a little underdeveloped. Whereas this one it was way underdeveloped. Um, yeah. It was almost a throwaway in this. Exactly. Um, I mean I think that there's no reason why she couldn't have been in the play as well as another townsperson. Yeah. I'm not saying like she needs to be involved in Patrick or whatever, but I think that if it would have started off with that would have changed things dramatically. <laughs> it would have. It's hard for Patrick to come back from that. <laughs> like he would not have been the MVP if he'd have been, you know, sticking it to Sophia. Um, but no, I think that if the B story would have been Sophia knowing that Patrick was with all the Goldens, you yeah. know, but she's like, you told me to mind my own business. So I didn't say anything. Yeah. That's a good B story. And she could have been there and another townsperson. And then she could have been smug at the end. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I thought the end, like the final scene where they're all coming home from the play, mm-hmm. I thought that would have been a great place to bring her back into it. Yeah, exactly. And she could have almost been like the wise old sage to yeah. tell them they you know, should have known better or mm-hmm. talk to each other more or something. Exactly. Right. Or even if she wasn't involved in the play at all. I mean, she definitely still could have been in on them coming home and her seeing this yeah. Patrick guy, you know. You, you'd think even if she was working, she would have gone to see their opening night. Right, but yeah, that, yeah. so uh, that puts me kind of in between the two of you. I enjoyed the episode, mm-hmm. but because of the lack of Sophia and, and just, again, them, the difficulty of trying to tell a big story mm-hmm. with two, you know, main different areas that you're going to, yeah. it just underdevelops it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give it a four. Yeah. So. I think that, I guess I'm, I'm not quite on board with the story being too big for one episode, mm-hmm. but I think that they could have split it up if they would have made it so like Rose was truly in love with him. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, he made her feel smart, you know, and he made her feel special, you know, and I think that 
if the other if Blanche and Dorothy would have been like, okay, well this happened and they're ready to move on, but Rose takes it personally, like how could you do this to me? You know, I loved him or whatever, right? You know, and then maybe the episode ends with a cliffhanger of her moving out. Oh, <laughs> and then they could resolve that in the next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would have liked it if. Uh... You know, if they would have too much internal strife, right? Like, I don't, I wouldn't want to see Rose get that badly hurt, so I wouldn't have liked that. But I do think they could have developed, but I think the, it would have given her a good reason to move out of the damn house. Well, sure, <laughs> you know, but you know, we'll, we'll t- discuss that more next week. Um, if you're lucky, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would just say that if had, had they integrated Sophia into the A story, mm-hmm. you know, and just like I said, it wouldn't have had to be that she was even part of the play itself, but she could have been there. Mm-hmm. She could have come there, you know, in that opening scene to meet the guy. Yeah. Um, and been, you know, kind of unceremoniously ushered out and all that. That would have avoided the whole thing of him possibly having trying to have sex with her as well. Exactly. But yeah. Maybe she could have been in charge of costumes. Yeah. Or they just could have, you know, given her shit like you're not part of this, so you need to stay out of it. Uh-huh. And then that would have given her the reason to keep her mouth shut and be smug. And she's like, well, I knew he was leaving in two weeks anyway, so I wasn't yeah. worried about, you know. Mm-hmm that going on uh, but yeah. yeah so like i said a, a good episode not a great episode um but uh certainly another one worth watching in my opinion although i think they all are worth watching so far mm-hmm. so i guess with that uh, stay golden coco hey thanks so much for downloading today if you enjoyed that opening you should definitely check out ashley jade on youtube she has a bunch of awesome compositions on there if you want to get in touch you can email us at sophia's choice podcast at gmail.com you can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. <laughs> can you say test so we can see if you get a green light? Test, test. No, I don't see it either. Try it again. Test, test. I can see a green light for you. Yeah, it's these green lights right here. It was right behind, like. If you go in line, gotcha. I oh, okay. <laughs> directly blocked. All right. So I think I just need to turn this down so I'm not getting blown out, but this would still be recording the right way. Feedback or something? What's that? Were you getting re- like weird feedback? No, not feedback. It's just that like if this is up <coughs> high, then it amplifies it into my ears, you know, mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of like if you were whatever volume you're talking at, if you're right here, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> which is fine under most circumstances. But then if somebody laughs hard or anything like that, then it can be, <laughs> yeah, a little bit uh, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, Brent, you say something again. Let me just make sure it's Black Bolt. Okay. Yeah, it looks like Black Bolt came up fine. Mm-hmm. All right. And then ski you again. Um, Medusa. Okay. Good deal. Both from your favorite Marvel property, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's an IP thing to bring back. Was or yeah. something? Yeah. Did you watch that? They had one season Inhumans. of that. Or Inhumans. Yeah. Yeah. Inhumans, yeah. Eternals yeah. looks like it might actually be good, but. No, I never did watch. I don't even know much about the Inhumans, yeah. to be quite honest. I didn't know a lot about them either. And honestly, I only watched a little bit, the first, I guess, two episodes of the series. Oh, you didn't watch the rest of it? Mm-mm, no. I started a rewatch of it and I made it into episode four. And that's as far as I got. So I you haven't that. watched the third season of Cloak and Dagger? <coughs> or, mm-hmm. or you haven't watched any Cloak and Dagger yet, right? Correct. Third or, season of Runaways? Yeah. Um, and yet you've watched, uh, mm-hmm. or you're trying to get a second watch in of what is of Inhumans, yeah. generally I, considered Marvel's worst TV series. Yeah. You can hit record if you want to. <laughs> no, we, we are recording okay. now. But. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that 
I don't know. I thought maybe in hindsight, I would appreciate it more if I knew it wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, this is all it's ever going to be. Then maybe I'll like it better. Right. Okay. Ironically, I read an article about it. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. it talked about how, like, in like one of the early episodes, they cut off Medusa's hair, mm-hmm. and uh, potentially just an effort to hedge the uh, the the cost of the show. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it was. Like special effects. Yeah, the bad CGI for her hair like, was distracting and was definitely eating into the budget. <laughs> I know there was one character who could barely afford clothes. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I didn't watch the entire series. I watched Ramsey is in it from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Ramsey Bolton, yeah. Yeah. And um what's his name? Um Oh Miles. Miles from Lost. Oh yeah, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was so, really good at it. I can't think of who Miles is right offhand. Ken I'm afraid to say something racist. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Long. He was black then? <laughs> Ken Leong. Something Ken. like that. Yeah. No, oh Chinese or Yeah, like Asian. Um He's not a Chinaman. He didn't China? build the damn railroad. Was <laughs> <laughs> he Korean? I, forget, like, I, I don't know. I just know he was... Miles. You're thinking of Sun Miles. and Jin. <laughs> yes, yes, I was, actually. Um, he was Hanzo, and Hanzo was Japanese, I believe. Yeah. Can't, I can't. Oh, yeah, that, like, I do from remember. From the videos. Yeah. I do remember. Yeah. Because so. he came in later, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah, and eventually he has one arm, but we don't know why he has one arm in some videos and two <laughs> not, arms in another. Not Miles, but Marvin. Marvin. Oh, that's right. Okay, well now who's the, Miles again? The the son. Okay, yeah. It was his dad who only had one arm when he's doing the videos. Yeah. But his son was psychic, he like communicate with the dead. Okay, yeah. Now okay. Yeah. I'm putting it together. I, I guess I and now I remember him in Inhumans also. Yeah. <laughs> so now I finally got the <laughs> yeah. the gap is filled. But yeah. um but I did rewatch all of Agent Carter. And oh, there were still two seasons of Amazing. Yeah, Agent Carter was a really good show. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind Did that just that. end or did it get canceled? Uh, it just didn't get renewed. Yeah, but so. it ended satisfyingly, Kinda, relatively. Yeah. You know, I mean, it wasn't... It didn't end with a huge cliffhanger, I don't think, did yeah. it? So. No, well, it did, but they wrapped it up with the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, okay. That's clever. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Did they have, like, Captain America in it at all, or is it just... Mm-mm. No. no, but it was. He's mentioned. No. Well, I, I guess like it starts with um, the finale from the first Captain. I heard. Movie. I heard the cool overlap with that is Jarvis is in there, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's a like prominent character. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Yeah, probably. real man Jarvis too. Not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not the, Robo Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah. Robo Jarvis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's amazingly good. And he not was, Paul Bettany. Yeah. Either. <laughs> he um the the guy that played Jarvis um what's his name. I don't Famous. remember the, the actor's name. Yeah. Um, um, anyways, was, he uh, was in like Paul season. Dooley, pretty sure. <laughs> Paul Dooley, <laughs> exactly. Um, he was in season two of Broadchurch, and like, and I'd watch that shortly after watching Agent Carter because in Agent Carter he's like this prim proper British butler. Mm-hmm. He's like you know the MCU's Alfred, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, kind of fussy okay but then like then i'm watching it in broad church where he's supposed to be like this big piece of man meat that all the women are swooning over and i guess he can kind of pull it off but he was still in jarvis mode in my mind and i'm like why are all these ladies leaving snail trails for jarvis (laughs) well i am so do you ever even look at the um 
is there any part of the episodes that you like look at or have you ever looked at as far as um what am i trying to do here i know that song yep <laughs> um but like i put like a descriptor with each episode have you ever looked at that like on each when i post them have you ever looked at that no. part of it okay no. i'm trying to because like looking at it on on itunes it does oh details here we go so like for example in all the episodes have something similar to this they all start off with um Alan Ski and Brent recap and review season two, episode seven, Family Affair. Okay. And then it says, uh, uh, we get to meet two golden children. Will Michael and Brid- or will Michael send Bridget off to Oxford with a bang? Will Sophia get over the death of Michael's innocence? <laughs> yeah. How long until Blanche is back on her back? Uh, listen now to find out. Okay. And so, and all of them have something similar yeah. to that. So I was. Do you get to write all those? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, I write those. <laughs> it's They're not just auto populated. No, no, it's not something. <laughs> just AI generated. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, I didn't know if he like, uploads the podcast to the they, cloud and it just. System, <laughs> I didn't know if the people who were doing the, like the the system wrote them at all. No, no, they. Was, it's all I was robots really impressed that do the system. Was, so. I was like, <laughs> somebody they had to listen to all of it. Somebody at Google just getting paid to listen to our podcast. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, no, that's a, no, I, I assume I, they had to listen. I guess they don't have to listen to the guy software that'll go through a lot of that. And if it's rated really explicit. Yeah. I mean, we, we put it as explicit. I think unless they got complaints, we were like, I don't know. Yeah. Hate mongering or, yeah, or yeah. something like exactly. that. I think we're pretty much death to whitey. Pretty much yeah. go under the radar. I'm sure they probably run it through like Alexa technology, listening yeah. for keywords. Or yeah. Something. Well, and I'm sure there's something that may check to see if you're using copyrighted music or something oh, like that. Yeah, probably. Um, but uh, so your ringtone just <laughs> got us banned from the Google, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's on the beginning of every episode. Okay. So that's yeah, fine. and we haven't been banned yet. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's enough of a, you know, a de- departure from the original gotcha. source that we're fine, and we're not it's, making money too. So I think yeah. that also. True dad. Um, is Numi still our only commenter? Yeah, uh, well, other than Sherry. No, okay. Sherry's never commented anywhere other than on the actual uh, page, but gotcha. um, the on, on the pod being paid page. Gotcha. So, do you guys, either of you, put anything on YouTube ever? Um, what would I, I put on YouTube? Huh? What would I put on YouTube? A video. <laughs> I, I put some videos. On, I put videos on YouTube before. You know that if you have actual dialogue or, or talking on there, it'll automatically transcribe it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it probably has done it anyway, like automatically, but you can force force its hand to do it. Like, Interesting, So yeah. I think that, to what he was saying, I think it probably does run through some kind of, like, check where it's, it's actually looking for copyrighted material. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad all my material's original. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, I type out my comments in advance and run it through Grammarly yeah. <laughs> so I can make sure that, <laughs> <laughs> that nobody is... Um, you know uh, that you're not accidentally um, exactly <laughs> exactly exactly and plus to make sure i'm you know talking to king's english <laughs> right <laughs> well i was gonna say that the reason i brought up about the little uh, pre-cap if you will mm-hmm. uh, that i put on each episode recap <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about that since we did that circumcision bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on the one for episode 10 which you know people I don't know if we'll end up tacking this on to the end of the episode or not, but anyway. Episode 10 from season one? To season two. Okay. So that's the last one I, I've edited. I haven't edited the other three, but that one's like already uploaded gotcha. and ready to go when the week comes around. I think gotcha. week seven is, episode seven is what had the last one that posted. Okay. But anyway, um, I had put on there, uh, that was the one where Rose dates 
you know, goes on the um, date with Paul Dooley to the. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so I put on there. I, I can't remember the exact rating you used, but it's like, uh, how did people find um, someone who was DTF before the internet? Mm-hmm. If Paul Dooley was DTF, would Brent be interested? <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, I. I try to put something humorous in there if I yeah. can think of uh, you know something to put. But yeah. Anyways, so all right. So you guys ready to start this episode? Yeah, I apologize I for being so late. Oh, duly, darn tootin' funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now you really earn that explicit rating, Brent. Exactly. Um, so I guess I, I guess since it's on there anyway, I can go ahead and put your darn tootin' comments you on. <laughs> so. All right. So right. you, you already said the you were joined by. Well, I, I made a joke about that, but I okay. I have not actually started the episode. Okay, is so this going on at the beginning or the end? If we keep this, it would be on at the end. And gotcha. I, I feel like there's been some good talk, so it might be on there at the end. But. As good as we're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We might hit a high point later on the episode. We'll I, I'd like to think that it won't all be downhill. That <laughs> <laughs> would. 41 minutes into this thing. <laughs> well, I, I didn't record the 30 minutes we sat down here prior okay. to ski coming. Yeah, so yeah. I've only recorded the 10 minutes that uh, or 11 minutes we've been down here. So, Gotcha. Anyways. <clears throat> All right. All right.